0: Welcome to the Bodily Transgressions in Fantasca Media podcast series. We hope you enjoy the series. If you have any questions or comments, we invite you to attend the Digital Symposium, which will take place on 12th November 2022 via Zoom. The event will be free, or drop us a line on our Discord server. Details are on the podcast information or can be found at fantaskajournal.com under CFP's Events and News. That's Fantastico with a K. This podcast is part of panel two, Clearing Boundaries, which will take place at 3.10 p.m. GMT time. This podcast today is presented by Iptism Ahmed, who completed an MPhil at the University of Nottingham and is currently the Head of Policy and Research at LGBT Foundation. As a queer, disabled migrant of colour, his focus is on uplifting and empowering voices that are traditionally silenced. He has written about queer superheroes before, including a chapter about Hulking and Wiccan as queer immigrant utopian embodiments in the book The Politics of Culture, 2020 Cambridge Scholars Publishing, which he co-edited. His other work has been published on Project Myopia, Imagine the Impossible, and Ancillary Review of Books. He also presented at the 2021 Fantasca Symposium. His podcast today is entitled, The Power of Love, Queer Superhero Desire as Transgression in Marvel's Hulking and Wiccan.
1: Hello, Uh, my name is Ibtisam Ahmed. I use he and him pronouns, and I'm here to talk today about my paper, The Power of Love. Queer Superhero Desire as transgression in Marvels, Hulkling and Wiccan. Um, I just want to start off by thanking the organisers of Fantastica because this is such an incredible and collaborative community space. Um, I'm really fortunate to have been part of conferences uh, and symposia with you in the past and it's really wonderful to know that um, you... Encourage so many of us to think about scholarship and representation and visibility in really embodied and independent ways. So, um, I thank you so much for that. And of course, my gratitude to the listeners for taking the time to, um, listen to this and to other papers in this really, really fantastic symposium. Um, Reflecting on the theme for this year's symposium was actually quite interesting because there are a lot of other representations of of queerness that are perhaps more explicitly transgressive. Um, we've seen so many instances of the queer body being seen as undesirable and being seen in so many cases actually quite horrific and actually quite physically repulsive. Um, And there's some incredible work that's already available on some of those areas of thought. But what drew me to this particular um, piece of representation was actually quite how mundane some of it is. Um, To put this into context uh, for people who haven't read this, and for those who haven't, I really encourage you to. Um, Marvel Marvel Comics have um, several LGBTQ plus characters in their canon, and arguably their most prominent um, same-sex couple, is uh the eponymous pairing of Halkling and Wiccan. Uh they've become staples of the comic book publishers catalogue and they have um gone from being part of a team of characters in the Young Avengers comics to taking the lead in a major cross uh title story arc called Empire and that was the first time in the history of uh, major comic book publications that uh, an event arc where several titles and several characters overlapped for one major story um was being led by queer characters um so they've been quite established um uh, they they have a quite established presence in the comic book Universe, both in-universe um, in terms of their profiles uh, within kind of the universe of Marvel and also in the fandom and in popular culture more broadly. But what was interesting was actually seeing a special one-shot edition called Hulkling and Wiccan, which was a much more intimate and personal story um, the one shot was initially released as a series of web comics on the Marvel Unlimited app before being published as a single issue comic in 2022. Um, and where their previous portrayals had shown, um, kind of their love for each other being the, um, space or the the dynamic that lets them overcome challenges that in in many ways empowers them to overcome prejudice and bigotry but also in a very heroic sense supervillains um the one shot takes a slightly different approach because it actually considers that their love and their romantic relationship in and of itself can be a site of conflict Um, so, very mild spoilers, um, for the one shot. Um, the happily married couple get transported into alternative realities. They get separated and transported into alternative realities where they have forgotten each other and they're shown to be romantically involved with two new characters, completely newly introduced in this, uh, in this issue, who represent sort of their deepest romantic desires. So the start of the comic, we see the two of them kind of adjusting to married life and realizing that not everything necessarily is perfection and bliss and, you know, dealing with um, the very specific kind of mundane issues of um, domesticity um, while also being superheroes, uh, where in these alternative realities, none of those very um, kind of everyday conflicts exist anymore. Um, Halkling finds himself with, and I quote, a steadfast companion, unquote, who um, has alien heritage and follows him across galaxies and is sort of very much like himself, this very tall, muscular, broad-shouldered warrior. Uh, Wiccan, on the other hand, finds, and I quote again, a tragic, distracting love, unquote. Um, who needs to be rescued through his magic. And in his case, again, it's someone who shares his sense of, um, and his, his sense of kind of tragic romanticism. So Hulkling gets this very heroic romantic companion and Wiccan gets this very tragic romantic companion. And, um, what, these stories show is kind of the the tropes of romantic storytelling. Um, I won't spoil the ending, uh, and I won't spoil the resolution. But in in both of their cases, what we see are quite conventional storytelling archetypes. We see, um, you know, the the, the very very conventional, and and I do need to stress this, conventional not only from a storytelling perspective, but within the world of the comics that they inhabit, these are also quite conventional relationships. So we see companions in arms, we see kind of warriors in love, uh, we see romantic connection through tragedy and struggle, we see the trope of love at first sight. Um, so we see a lot of these kinds of very standard tropes, and standard storytelling archetypes. But what's interesting is that the comic and the story positions these almost mundane ideas, um, and again in universe these are quite mundane ideas, as extraordinary and unachievable. So it's this idea that if you are in a certain type of relationship, the very ordinary, the very everyday is actually a struggle. And that also, you know, ties in with the opening of the comic where a happily married queer couple who are incredible superheroes literally are dealing with everyday struggles. Um, And they've never thought about how to deal with them because they've never had... Prior to this comic, they've never had an opportunity to sit down with uh, queer elders to talk about it. They've never had a chance to sit down with queer icons to talk about it. They've not had those role models to sit down and kind of discuss what those struggles actually mean and what they look like. So when it then transposes into the more fantastical element of their lives, it again brings back that same conflict and that same tension. What should be quite conventional and what should be quite um, standard romantic heroic narratives become unusual, uh, become difficult, um, become almost aspirational despite the struggle. And that's really what made me so fascinated by this story and what made me so keen to talk about it um, for this symposium in particular, because that's something that resonates a lot with so many queer experiences. Um, speaking personally for the moment, um, I am a, a queer disabled immigrant of colour. I have had many instances where what is seen as um, the norm for um, many people, and I include other LGBTQ plus people who come from different socioeconomic backgrounds, who have different nationalities and different passports that carry different privileges, I have often experienced that idea that something that is quite normal is actually quite unachievable. Um, and in approaching that, something that I would like to do suddenly becomes this grand, transgressive, boundary-breaking moment. Um, I know a lot of people in the community have talked about the power of seeing, um, two queer people holding hands in public for the first time. And I know that's continues to be actually quite a common first boundary that breaks for people. Um, but even spaces like using a dating app as someone who's racially minoritized or, um, having conversations about my identity in um, a language that is not my primary language. English isn't my primary language. Um, it's one of my, it's one of two languages I grew up with. So sometimes having to explain my identity in ways that are fully understood um, can be quite a, a boundary-breaking moment. And there is a dual... Sense of empowerment and frustration when something like that happens. And I think that's what's so interesting about this one shot. Um, for Hulkling and Wiccan, there's the excitement of, of being a visibly married queer couple. There's the almost, um, everyday joy of getting to talk about recipes and having dinner guests over Um, when they split into their alternative realities there's um, a genuine excitement that both of them have in being able to kind of pursue some of these unexpected desires Um, and there is that sense of empowerment of oh great we get to do what everyone else is doing but there's that Added layer of frustration of recognizing that this is somehow seen as something other than ordinary. If this is something that is transgressive. And, and I kind of want to pull on that very unusual dichotomy and that very unusual tension by reminding uh, listeners by reminding participants in the symposium, um, that the space of being othered, which many of us in the community experience, um, prevents us from truly fully feeling, um, ordinary. And that can be a lovely thing, but that can also carry this burden of needing to be extraordinary. Um, and, and that's why the idea of transgression really appealed to me because it brought in the idea of, you know, do I even need to adhere to this aspiration or can I just be myself? And, and that's also what excited me about the comics. Um, without providing a narrative spoiler, I think the resolution of the comic actually approaches that conversation really well, because um, the conclusion of the story sees Hulkling and Wiccan um, reach a space where they are comfortable in their discomfort. They don't care that their lives aren't perfect. They don't care that they don't have that picture-perfect storybook moment, what they care about is being able to live in and of themselves and quite authentically. And that actually is quite um, powerful. And it's also quite interesting in the art style of the comic, not just in the story. So um, something we see, for example, with Hulkling, who um, I described earlier as being quite broad-shouldered and muscular and kind of conventionally macho, um, his his costume is quite effeminate and camp. Um, And there's, again, something quite liberating about seeing a character who would perhaps be bogged down by conventional norms of, um, macho and potentially even toxic macho masculinity kind of break free of that and be quite camp and, and exciting. Um, and, and on a, another instance that really resonated with me is, is Wiccan, who does have mixed race heritage, uh, and is drawn in, in this one as a person, in, in, in this issue as a person of color, um, shows off his chest hair, which, I mean, you know, you could probably do a, another conversation and paper altogether on, on masculine transgressiveness and, and chest hair, but, you know, the politics of chest hair for racially minoritized queer people is, is quite a complex conversation. Um, but for him to just be quite comfortable in showing that um, and, and is, is really, really great. Um, and, and I do want to stress that I do think a large part of this is because the creative team behind this comic um, is all queer. Uh, And that obviously makes a difference because they're able to approach the nuances of the story with more intention and more um, awareness. So um, I just want to end... (coughs) (coughs) So I just want to end by um, bringing it back to this notion of the everyday is transgressive. Um, and why I thought this story was quite important, um, because for me, fiction never exists in a vacuum. Um I shared my lift identity with those of you who were listening. Um and for me, fiction that talks about stories that touch my identities uh, that touch on my experiences that resonate with me are, are really exciting because for me they let me see alternatives and the are uh, hopeful tomorrow and what um, is great about the, the way the story wraps up is that reminder that um, for minoritized communities, for marginalized communities who are often made to feel that the only way we can be successful is to be extraordinary, is to be not only better than average, but actually the best and to be perfect. It's a fantastic reminder that we don't owe anyone else anything. We owe ourselves happiness and we owe ourselves joy. And that is the transgression I want to celebrate. That is the subversion that I want to celebrate. Um, thank you so much for listening. Um, if you're interested in a bit more of my work, I've written about Wiccan and Hulkling's portrayals before. Um, I wrote a book chapter about the pair of them in the edited collection, The Politics of Culture, available from Cambridge Scholars Publishing. Um, I wrote about them as manifestations of queer immigrant utopia. I've also written about them in a review essay for the Ancillary Review of Books where I talk about the Empire arc that I mentioned. Um, And I'm always happy to discuss um, what they mean to me and the empowerment that they represent. Um, So thank you very, very much for listening. Please do reach out if you'd like to discuss um, any of these issues further. Um, I'm always excited to collaborate and continue working on queer joy and empowerment. Thank you very much for your time.